Christians, should you use the Enneagram personality test in your church or worship team? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about the Enneagram, the pros, and the cons. But before we do, I want to give you something. If you click below, you can get my free guide called Make It Pop, 25 Chart-Topping Arrangement Tricks That Work. Say if you're a worship team that has a song that is fine, you've been doing it a certain way for a while, but you need an extra gear. You need something that's going to keep and maintain people's interest. That's what arranging is all about, is about grabbing people's interest in a song and keeping it throughout the duration of a song. Well, this download is perfect for you. It's a free guide that has 25 great ideas for arranging that you can use this Sunday. The guide gives you the idea, it gives you a couple sentences about how and why this arranging trick works, and then it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear that effect in action. So download it, print it out, and the next time you find yourself at a worship rehearsal where you need that extra gear, use one of the ideas. You don't even have to give me credit. I also wanted to tell you about something coming up that I'm really excited about. It's Worship Coaching Live. It's a nine-week interactive course starting at the beginning of October. That's Thursday, October 6th. So I'm only opening this up for 10 students that want to be involved to learn what I've learned over 10 years of worship leading and 20 plus years of studying music. We'll cover topics like the history of worship in the Bible, what is worship, what is praise, how to have a full band, how to run a rehearsal, how to work with your tech team, and we'll leave plenty of room for questions and answers and diving into each church's specific needs for their worship team and their live stream. I'm really excited to share what I've learned, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So if you want more information, go to my website, but the best thing to do is get on my email list so you'll be the first to know and so that you can get your spot. Again, only 10 people starts the beginning of October. That's Worship Coaching Live. All right, without any further ado, let's get to today's topic. So a few years back, I was working at a Christian organization and started hearing a lot of people talk about the Enneagram. You know, they'd say things like, oh, I'm a one or a four, or she's definitely a two or a five or whatever. And I, I had never heard of it. Um, I'd heard of and done other personality tests, but I hadn't heard of the Enneagram. So I looked it up and I saw this nine pointed, you know, little shape. And I thought, no, that, that's kind of weird. It looks vaguely like a pentagram, but no, it's nine, it's not five. But I had a weird feeling. And so I decided to do some more digging. I should let you know that everything that I found is on the first page of a Google search, Wikipedia and a couple other sources. So you can go and look this up for yourself. But I found out that the Enneagram has some very dubious history. So let's talk about it. The Enneagram as we know it today was sort of built and expanded upon by three different men. So the first guy we're going to talk about is George Gurdjieff. He lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he was a mystic, or to put it less mildly, he was an occultist. He was interested in communicating with the dead, secret societies, uh, magic, fortune-telling. Uh, Sufism, which is a brand of Islamic mysticism, 
And he had a, a lot of other stuff, Buddhism and, you know, a lot of things that he collected into his own teaching, which he called the fourth way. And so in his fourth way teaching, he would explain to people how they needed to um, unbridle themselves from their personality, which their personality was a result of childhood trauma and what life puts on us and how we needed to become unbridled from that and attain a higher level of consciousness and awakening. He was also a womanizer. Um, He had a way of seducing his female students. Nobody's really sure how many kids he had. He was abusive to his, uh, at least some of his students. One wound up in the hospital uh, and blamed himself for the results. So that's the kind of guy he was. He also wrote a book uh, called Beelzebub's Tales to His Grandson. But he is the one who not discovered the the Enneagram as a shape had been around for thousands and thousands of years um, in the occult. But he was the one who really believed and taught in his fourth way teaching that it explained the cosmos, it explained the universe, it explained everything for him. But he didn't Uh, attach personality types or a personality test to the Enneagram. He simply used the Enneagram as sort of a framework for understanding the world. It was left to a student of his, Oscar Icazo, to do that next step. So Oscar Icazo was also interested in all sorts of stuff, Zen Buddhism and Kabbalah, which is um, Jewish mysticism. So he, again, did the same thing. He had all sorts of different ideas and different Eastern religions that he mixed together, and as well as the teachings of Gurdjieff. He started a school called the Arica School in Chile, outside Santiago, where he taught his particular blend of syncretism. But one of the things that he did was he laid over the personality type idea um, over the top of the Enneagram. And so he started associating the different, the nine points with the personality types. He says that he got this revelation from the archangel Metatron while he was high on mescaline. Mescaline is a natural psychedelic that has effects that are similar to LSD. So, that's Oscar Acaso. The third guy that you need to know about is Claudio Naranja. Claudio was also a student of Oscar Acaso's. He was a psychologist at UC Berkeley, who was interested in the effects of psychedelic drugs. And he went down to Santiago to study under Acaso. Now, they had a falling out after a couple months, and um, they broke up. But he brought the teaching of the Enneagram back to the States. And what he did is he made it much more palatable to the Western mindset because of his study of psychology and his understanding of, you know, scientific psychology and, and observation He took Eastern ideas, you know, all that occultic stuff, and Western philosophy and Western understanding of psychology, blended them together, and then his students started publishing a lot of books about those ideas of the Enneagram and really um, set it into the U.S., but through the Catholic Church first and then a broader audience, the Enneagram personality test gained a lot of support until here we are today where... It seems like everybody knows about the Enneagram and many, many people have taken the personality test. That's the story of the Enneagram and where it comes from today. And I'll bet you that most Christians who have ever used it or use it in their church or worship team have never heard of its history. Now, for 80% of Christians, 
knowing where the Enneagram comes from would probably be enough to say, you know what, I think I'm going to think I'm going to back off that. But not all. While I was preparing for this video and, you know, searching around on Google, I have seen Christian organizations that their mission is the Enneagram. You know, they take that symbol and they put a cross right in the middle of it. It's part of their ministry. One worship team training website that I went to has as one of its um, things that you can do, you know, one of its uh, trainings that you can sign up for is the Enneagram personality test. And again, like I said, I, I learned about this from a Christian organization that uses it in their trainings, you know, just like you would a Myers-Briggs test or a Strength Finder test or a DISC test or whatever. What's the problem with that? Well, number one, you could say, okay, the, the fact that it has clearly um, defined and not, nobody's contesting that it has occultic roots. Just a lot of people don't know about it. But I've also seen online where people will say, well, we don't use that part. You know, it's, it's, it's not about that anymore. It's really the, the personality test that, that we're interested in. It's more of the scientific, you know, the, the psychological benefits of knowing which one of the nine you are. We don't get into the spiritual stuff. But here's my problem with that. And if you are part of a church or a worship team that has used it, here's how I would caution you. When you take an Enneagram and when you use it in your life and you identify with it, you put on that number, whatever that number is, does it help you understand your identity? Yeah, people would say. Does it help you understand how you relate to others and how they relate to you? Yes. Does it help you understand the areas of your life in which you should grow? Yeah, it does. Well, isn't that, isn't that what Christianity does or should do? When we know God and we love God, doesn't that tell us, doesn't he tell us about our identity? Doesn't he tell us how we should treat others and how they should treat us? And doesn't he tell us the areas in which we should grow, the fruit of the Spirit? Why then would we go outside of what God has given us in Christianity and go to the occult for their method of doing things? Now, you may not have known that, but now you need to deal with the knowledge that you have. Because God wants us to connect to Him and the life and the love that He gives us. Using the Enneagram system disconnects you and takes you outside of the life of God and the love of God. It will not point you to either of those things because it can't. It wasn't designed to do so because it wasn't designed by God. It wasn't given by God. And so it cannot take you to the life of God or to the love of God because it doesn't use his system. It's a completely different system. It's an occultic system. It's Satan's system. Now that might sound harsh, and I realize that most people, most Christians who have taken the Enneagram did so out of ignorance, and they, they didn't know. But that's why I wanted to share this. That's why I wanted to make this episode, so that I could let as many people as possible know exactly what we're signing up for if we take the Enneagram. So if you are a Christian in, a, in an organization like a church or a worship team, that has used the Enneagram as a personality test and, and you use that terminology, I'm a one, I'm a four, or a five, to interact with one another, realize that you're using a system that doesn't come from your team. But here's the good news. Not only can you get free from it and you get away from it, God has given something to us in Scripture that is better. And here it is. 
If we go to Romans 12, 5, let's read. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So God lays out in Scripture seven different gifts that he gives to people which do inform our personality, and they are part of our design. They help us understand ourselves, how we deal with others, but most importantly, it helps us understand how we relate to God and how he relates to us. Again, those were in order. The prophet, the servant, the teacher, the exhorter or the encourager, the giver, the ruler or the leadership gifting, and mercy. And in the next seven weeks, we're going to unpack each one of those gifts in detail so that you can have something other than the Enneagram to use. Because guess what? That is right from Scripture. It comes from the heart of God. It comes from the life and the love of God. And it leads you to the life and the love of God. And isn't that better? So I hope you're ready for the next seven weeks because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I would humbly suggest that you share this video with those Christian friends that you might have who like the Enneagram. I bet you 10 bucks they have no idea what the history is. But you should know that there is something better that God has given us in its place. Hey, I hope that episode helps you. Again, go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, and you can get access to that Make It Pop 25 Chart-Topping Arrangement Tricks That Work PDF. And until next time, God bless and goodbye.